Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. I am Pastor Ruth Gardner. We are so glad that you joined us on tonight. We are going into our study on the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, We are now heading into chapter two. We're going to have prayer and then the next voice you'll hear will be me and we'll go ahead and start our lesson. So Elder Joya, can you please lead us in prayer? Thank you, Lord, for this day, Father. We thank you for allowing us to come together once again to learn and study of your word. Father, we thank you for our our teacher on tonight. We pray that you would give her strength, Father, give her clarity of thought and speech. Father, I pray that we, we take from this lesson and we learn more and we get a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of who you are and what you are calling us to do. Father, we thank you. We give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. Father, we bind all distractions in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we are grateful to God for tonight. And um, just to give a little recap, you know, we like to kind of go back a little bit into the previous lesson and talk before we go into our current lesson. Last week, we were talking about in 1 Corinthians. Can anybody tell me what we were talking about? There were two topics that we were uh, discussing in uh, chapter one. Two main ones. Well, one was talking about um, the, the, um, the um, division that was going on where they were like kind of saying they were of Apollos and one said that they were of uh, Cephas, which was Peter. And then one says, I follow Paul. And he was talking about that, you know, you know, we should not be favoring any one leader because we all come with one goal and that is to preach Jesus. So he that's one of the things that he was was talking about in chapter one, also about the wisdom of the foolish Remember, he was talking about the the, the um the people who speak wise, like yeah, know. God made foolish the wisdom of the world for in for a sense in the wisdom of God, the world through his wisdom did not know him. So he took the foolish things to confound the wise. And this is where he was uh talking about and that that people who were foolish, um, people who thought it was foolish were the Greeks because they don't know anything about it um i'm gonna make sure i have seen it right 
Um, I said it when I said, oh yeah. To them, it's to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. And for the Gentiles, it was considered foolish because the Gentiles did not know anything about Jesus. Because you got to remember, they were talking about Jesus. We talk about the resurrection, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they were saying that Jesus is the Messiah and he was the one that was crucified and that he on the third day he rose again, he rose from the dead. So when the Jews talked about it, it became a stumbling block to them because they did not believe that Jesus was actually the Messiah. And to the Gentiles, it was foolish because they didn't hear, you know, they don't know anything about the Gospels. They don't know anything about um, resurrection or anything concerning Jesus. So it was foolish to them. They, they couldn't get with that. But the Jews, it was a stumbling block. And those are the two, two main things that we were talking about in chapter one. Is there anything else come to mind that we also mentioned, Pastor John or Elder, anything that comes to mind. No, that was pretty much it, the division and the foolishness, because even with the division, we talked about the denominations and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about the denominations. That's right. Cause we were saying that's like right there is like you can see how the uh, different um you know the uh what did we just call it? <laughs> My mind is leaving me. I'm tired, y'all. I'm so sorry. Talked about the different <laughs> denominations. <laughs> <laughs> how they started like you can see how it, it started beginning way back here where they were talking about um you know because of this one how this one spoke how this one um preached i like the way they preach and even in the church division in the church itself within the four walls because you know there we all have our favorite preachers and you know i remember at churches that i used to attend that when there was a group of us a certain one minister was ministering that night or that day half the people wouldn't come but if there was another minister that was going to be uh, ministering everybody would be there and that was very very common which is something that we should not do and um and that's something that i myself was like really making myself um stop that like i was you know because it wasn't right one thing it wasn't right because we all share like we said we're all comrades in the gospel and there should be no big eyes and little use, you know? So, um, so making myself just be equal and just be there to support each and every one, regardless, you know, you know, is this something that we should have that mindset because we all are on the same team. So, um, so that's good. Anything else, uh, Pastor John? No, you actually, because I started to start introducing, then you kept on going and you covered everything else you're ready to say. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So now we're going to go into chapter two and we're going to have the reading of it. And it's going to be in NIV for those of you who desire to uh, follow along. Okay, and let's see here. Make sure it's turned up so y'all can hear it. Okay, and here we go. 1 Corinthians. 
Chapter 2 And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I'm going to stop right there. Um, that, right, that is the mindset that every leader should have. Every minister, every preacher, every prophet, everybody who's in leadership should have this type of attitude that have this type of mindset. He came in humility. He came in a humble state. And he said, I didn't come, you know, trying to say all these catchy phrases and all these eloquent words. I just came and preached Jesus. That's why I did that. I did not want to bring any attention to myself. I did not want to make you think I was trying to puff myself up. I was not trying to make myself be all that in a bag of chips. I just came to preach Jesus. So, so that the spirit, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He came in that, that manner so that they would hear the word. His Paul, Paul's, Paul's goal, Paul's ultimate goal was to just preach about Jesus and preach it in such a way that it brought no attention to him, but it just brought all attention on God and on the subject. He wanted the people to hear the subject. He wanted the people to understand what he was saying, not how he was saying it or, or how he was looking, how he presented it. Or, you know, whether he put it in a pretty bow box and had a ribbon around in the pretty bow. No, he didn't want to do all that. He just wanted to preach it in such a way so that they would get a full understanding and that they would feel the power, God's power through the word. Not that we're trying to pull anything to ourselves. We're not trying to get any attention to on us. We just want the people to hear the word. And that is the mindset that every leader, preacher, apostle, prophet, pastor, every leader that gets before the people and teach or bring forth a word, that's the state of mind should be. Not trying to, now I'm not saying you stand there and just talk any old kind of way. There is a certain, uh, a certain way that you should present yourself. But even with that, it's not to bring attention to you but it's to bring people's minds and focus on God. See, um, he said, it was with this demonstration of spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I'm not trying to, to um, do all this to bring any attention to me. And that's the bottom line. That's the mindset that we should have. And there's a lot of people who don't have that mindset. There's a lot of people who focus on, you know, other things than the word. And, 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 it, and it can become a distraction. It can really distract the person from focusing on the word. Um, you know, how we come before the people, how we dress, how we look, 
You shouldn't be dressing in such a way that it brings any attention to us. I say that a thousand and one times, and I'll still say it until the Lord God calls me home. There is a certain <laughs> dress code that we as leaders in the church should have. I'm not saying to walk around, look like a homely um, pauper, you know, but there should be a sense of modesty when it comes to you standing there. Because, because when you dress in a modest apparel, you're, you're dressed in such a way that it's not all flashy or flamboyant. So it's not to distract the other the people that are listening to the word, they came there to hear the word. They didn't come there to see you. They didn't come to see what you have on. They didn't come to see your red bottom shoes. They didn't come to see all that. They come to hear the word. And, and you know, and one thing that I, I'm I'm learning, and, and even when we were studying earlier that, you know, we have to come in a spirit of love and love is going to make sure. See, I, this right here. Okay. All right. Thank you, Father. This right here gives me a deeper and more profound definition of, of God's love. First of all, he tells us to esteem others as higher, higher than we are, than we esteem ourselves, right? And that we should be careful that we don't cause our brother to stumble. Remember in the book of Romans, it talked about stumbling, that about eating of the food and certain things that we do. Which yep. people do okay when we when we work in love we are mindful of the other person god's love is mindful of us he's not he's not worried about him his love is that he's worried about us he's concerned about us so when we take on the love of god it's the same thing we don't worry about ourselves we worry about them it's not so much what we worry about what they think okay it's not so much as Oh, I don't want them to think, you know, this, I don't want them to think that when, when we were told, when we were told that we should dress modestly, we shouldn't wear this, we should wear the nails, we should have the, you know, the, all the red lipstick and all that back in the church and the traditional old, you know, traditional church, no, you know, doilies on the head, no lipstick, no, no, when they were saying all of that, it wasn't because they were trying to put restrictions on us. They were trying to show us Christ's love that it doesn't. That, that you don't bring attention to yourself. So when you dress in such a way, the people aren't concerned about looking at you and what you got on. They're, they're focused on the word. So when you come before people, even with the, the, the food and, and like, you know, if, you, if you're delivered from eating, you know, you eat ham, you eat pork. And some people, the Jewish people don't eat pork. Be mindful of them. It's not so much that you, you can say, I don't know, I'm going to eat my ham. I've been delivered. I ain't worried about all that. No, that's not the right attitude to have. The attitude to have is say, okay, I don't want him to stumble because I know he still struggles with that area. So I'm not going to wear that or I'm not going to eat that in his presence because I know that's something where he has a conviction at. That's Christ's love. You, you're more concerned about them and being convicted or them and you causing them to stumble more so than you are about yourself. See, we get so selfish and we're like, well, I, don't, I it ain't my problem. That's your problem. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the liver, I'm healed, I'm this. But we ain't worried about the person that's not, that is still struggling. The weaker one. Remember he talks about the weaker one? It wasn't so much that they were weak or faithless one, what did he say in the Romans? It's not so much about their, um, they don't have 
the faith or they don't have the, or they're not believing God. It's just that that is something that that's their conviction. You know, God may tell them, no, I don't want you, you know, like Nazarite. Nazarite couldn't touch any dead thing. Nazarite couldn't drink strong wine. Even though they was drinking anything from the anything from made from grapes, anything from the vine, a Nazarite could not drink or, or, or eat. So they made anything that had grapes in it, they couldn't eat it or drink it. And that was just a commandment from God. It wasn't anything that, you know, was going to cause them to stumble. It's just something that they don't do. So someone who comes in the presence of a Nazarite who has the love of God will not eat or drink anything that comes from a vine because they know they cannot do it. It's just a matter of respect. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Somebody say something. Say amen. Absolutely. Say amen. <laughs> yeah. So when so now what I'm seeing and what, what I'm getting is God's love. When we talk about God's love, it's taking on the care or concern of the other individual. That's showing the, the love of Christ. That's showing God's love because God was concerned about us. He gave his son to sac and, and to die for us. That's his love. So we in turn take that same attitude and we become more concerned about my brother or my sister in Christ more than I'm concerned about myself because after all, at the end of the day, my relationship with God is solid. So why should I be focusing all of this attention, getting all worried, getting all frustrated, getting all overwhelmed over things that are going on in my life when we trust God? We trust God, right? So if we trust God, then we should not be so concerned about what's going on with our life because God got us. So let us go through life and show the love of God by caring, nurturing, helping, praying for one another. Because it's your faith, right? We live, we, we go from faith to faith. We live, the just shall live by faith. So we should not be so perplexed and so overwhelmed with what's going on in our lives. Because at the end of the day, after all, we trust God. And if we believe God, like wholeheartedly believe God, that situation, that problem, what we're dealing with, it's already taken care of. It just got to catch up to Cairo's time. Y'all getting it? Because this is really blessing me right now. I mean, somebody say something. Somebody say something. Come on, y'all. Come on. Say amen, preach, say something. Say, say, come on, doc, something. Y'all just like, <laughs> I'm getting, <laughs> getting all excited over this because it's like downloading in me right now as we speak because I'm getting it. I'm seeing and hearing, God, I'm getting the understanding. So it's, <sighs> so God's love is basically caring for others higher and more than you do for yourself doing for others more than you would do for yourself because guess what god's got somebody looking out for you it's like that pay it forward thing guys are god 
but trust and believe there is somebody who's praying for you. And as you pray for others, God already got somebody else praying for you. And then, then, then he has, then God has somebody else praying for that one that's praying for you or, 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 ha or helping that one that is helping you. He's got somebody helping him, and then so on. Somebody that's helping them, that's helping them, that's helping you, that's helping you. It's like a domino rippling effect. It just goes on to, from heart to heart and from breast to breast. You and remember this, that show? Sorry. Go um, no, go ahead. You remember that show Chosen? Mm-hmm. One scene that I loved in that, that wasn't actually in the Bible, but the principle behind it was so strong was when he was with the disciples and they came to, they, they went to get camp together. And one of the disciples asked Jesus, how much wood should we get together? He said, enough for us and enough for the next person that comes to this camp. And when they left, they left enough firewood for the next people that came, uh, came along so that they wouldn't have to necessarily, you know, you never know. The next person coming along could have been late, cold. They would have firewood already ready, mm. right? The thing I love about this is that it shows you that you should not only think about yourself, but think about the next person coming after you. Somebody that you might not even see coming behind you, but Amen. you're still thinking about that next person. Amen. And if that is that the principle behind that, like if everybody would do that, if everybody would stop thinking only about themselves, but think about the next person, think about other people and stop focusing on themselves, this world would be a much better place. Amen. Ergo Jubilee. Yeah. Your Jubilee. That's why as, like I loved that scene in that movie. It did not happen cool. in the Bible, but the principle was so strong. As that's beautiful. And, and that's that's the principle. That's it. That's God's love. Yes. It's not get out of my message, Pastor John. What? I said, get out of my message, Pastor John. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You preaching this weekend. But that's the principle. I mean, that's it right there. That's the principle. Just like the year of Jubilee. You know, remember they they, they let the whole year. Remember, we, we found out the whole year. The whole year, the crops just grow wild. They just leave it. They don't farm it. They don't till the ground. They just let it grow wild to re to re nurture the, the soil, to, to re, you know rebuild up the nutrients in the soil. And also for those who are less fortunate, they can come by and get food. That's it. That is it. Which is so amazing to me. And 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 that's that's the principle of God's love. You know, he talks about the head in the Bible. I'm jumping jumping going a little bit ahead of because ahead of the chapters, because in the book of Corinthians talks about the head and, and the eye not needing the feet. Mm -hmm. All that, all of that. That's it's all it's all connected, <laughs> manifest. It's all connected. But that but that's the whole thing right there. We are a unified body. And that's why he addressed the divisions in the church. Because, you know, it's not, you know, like you said, there's no I in team. Even though your teacher said, there it is. I like it. <laughs> there's no I in team. And so, you know, and, and 
there's no one man show and but but people have have um strived and worked to build their name up to get a uh a following and you know and and it's not really what god wants at the end of the day, when you look at it, it's not really what God wants. And even when we talked, I talked about let tonight, we were looking at it, talk about the gathering. That was the church. That was the services. And see, and that's what was going on. And the letter will see about how people were making, were causing, um, there was division in the church. People were causing an, uh, um, distractions in the church. People were um, like one person would get up and minister, you know, at the gathering, it was called the gathering, which I loved, um, which really was church service. It was church service where one person would get up and speak and another one would get up and, and say, with you know, prophesy. And then someone else would get up and prophesy. And, another, and it was like kind of getting out of order. And the people who were coming to hear were getting confused because they were looking at all these people one trying to out talk the other one, one trying to prophesy over prophesy the other one. And it brought about a confusion. And that is something that was happening too, that Paul was addressing. And we're going to go a little bit further because we could stay on this a little bit longer here. But is there anyone else before we go do go on? If you have a, a something you want to point out or something you want to bring to light, please feel free before I press this button to go on. But if we're good... Yeah. We're good because I don't want to go too far ahead of things. Okay, yeah, I know. That's why I said let me shut up. All right. Let's see here. So we're going to pick up at verse number six and second Corinthians. No, first Corinthians chapter two, verse six. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No. We declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit? <coughs> In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Mm. But we have the mind of Christ. Okay. All right. So he said something that I wanted to, I was going to stop it. Um, where we at? 
Where we at? Uh, back at verse number six, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He is speaking a message of wisdom among the mature. I love that because Apostle Kent always says, this is for the mature. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the mature. Um, but not the wisdom of this age or the rules of this age who are coming to nothing. I mean, these, this new, this new, uh, new world religion, this new age religion that is being preached and taught is coming to nothing. He says, no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. He already had this plan of salvation before we were even here, way back in eternity. He had already had the plan. He already had it all laid out. So it's a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. He destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew who he was and they knew exactly the plan of God, if they knew what was going on, Paul is trying to say that if they had an idea or inkling of what was going on, they wouldn't have crucified him. But it is written, what no eyes has, see, has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared to those who love him. So um, that's Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Hold on, let me find this. Do, 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 do. Um, Isaiah, I see two, oh, okay, Isaiah 64 and 4, Isaiah 64 and 4, if you get it, say amen, Isaiah 64 and 4. I think that's where the original text of this scripture is. I'd like to go to it. Oh, that's right. I'm in NIV. <laughs> I was going to say, this isn't how I remember this written. I got, um, I got it. It says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waited for him. This is King James. Thou meetest him with rejoice, thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness. Those that remember thee in thy ways, behold, thou art wroth, for we have said, okay, it's going on, it's verse number five. So that's where it is written, origin, his original text is in Isaiah. 
So since the beginning of the world, man hath not heard nor perceived by ear. So we never understood what we never we did we never heard it. We we never seen it. You you have planned this thing before, way before our even existence, our very existence. God he had already had this plan in place. That's why he said, if they understood, they wouldn't have crucified him. But however, it is written that, you know, for since the beginning of the world, man have not heard. So we never knew. We didn't know at all. We would never know. You, you, you made sure that we didn't know because this was your wisdom. This is something that you have already had planned, but we couldn't phantom it in our minds that he prepared for us. And these are for people who love him. Not for everybody, not for the world, but for people who love him. And that is the uh, sanctification, salvation, life eternal with him. That's the thing that he has prepared for us. He's prepared a place for us to go after it's all said and done, life eternal. So we wouldn't have been able to uh, conceive it. That's why he said what no human mind has conceived. We couldn't, we couldn't phantom it in our minds, even if he was, even if he was to tell us. We couldn't, we couldn't understand it. So that's why he went ahead and let the plan work. That's why he went on ahead and allowed his son to be crucified. So that was his plan all the way from the beginning. And it, you know, we couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to understand that if he told us this. So he just let it play it out. But now that he, now that it's done, now we have an understanding. And so now this is why we're preaching it and we're teaching it. But if he was to tell us beforehand, we wouldn't have got it. Even though Jesus tried to say that, you know, three days, the temple shall be torn down and in three days it shall, you know, be built, rebuilt or rise up again. He kind of spoke in parables, but they still weren't able to actually conceive it because when he was crucified, look what happened to the, to his disciples. They ran and fled. They hid themselves and the, they were hidden. They were hiding out of fear. Even though he was giving them parables and he was saying this, that he was coming again and, and this, that, and he's going to, you know, all this stuff, he's going to be crucified and all this stuff. And he told them that and they heard it. They still were scared. Right? Yeah, I mean. They still were scared. So then. <laughs> Before the crow, uh, crow, uh, was it crow? Um, he uh, the croc, Crocs, croc three times, or... three times, three times. I can't think of what the name of the what what the crow does. It makes that sound before he does it three times. Croc, he crow, me crow. <laughs> yes. Before cro uh, the crow crows. <laughs> yeah, before the crows crow. It's <laughs> not what it was. It was before the rooster. It really was a, the rooster. <laughs> it was the rooster. Uh, cock a doodle doo. That's it. That's what he do. I <laughs> said, he did that. Yeah. So going on in verse number ten, these are the things God has revealed us by His Spirit. So God revealed this to us now by His Spirit. Now that we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now, when you look at the Scripture, the Spirit is in a capital S. So that let us know what 
It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Very good. So we see that after it's all said and done, now the Holy Spirit has revealed this to us. That's why he died. Because at first, when they first found out he was crucified, they all ran. They was scared. They were afraid. They didn't believe. They were afraid that they were going to be next. So they ran, they ran and hid. But when they went into the upper room and tarried and waited for him, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit revealed the things of God to them. So once the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were like, oh, I get it. Okay, I got it. So now they're running out there telling everybody about the good news because the Holy Spirit revealed it to them and also searches the deeper things of God. But who knows a man's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Just like our own, our own human spirit, we know our thoughts because the, our human spirit is within us. So the same way in comparison with the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit, which is within God, he knows the thoughts of God. But now here's the, here's the mystery. Here's the, here's the mystery. The Holy Spirit's come down and now he's in us. So guess what? He's revealing the things of God through his, to us, through the Holy Spirit. That's why when they preach it, we who of the spirit understands. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit and we preach Jesus, it's foolish because they don't have the spirit of God in them. We do, but they don't. So they can't relate. They can't get it. Amen. <laughs> Am I getting too excited? Am I yelling? No, this is good. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's, it's like, mm, I'm feeling this thing right here now. Ooh, it's, if I was a hooper, I'd probably start hooping. Anyway, for, <laughs> what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of, is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. So we have to understand what we have or who we have inside of us. We have the spirit of God. And the only way, oh my God from Zion, the only way God can work in its fullness is if we believe, if we have the faith to believe that this is the spirit of God in us. And because God has given us dominion. That's why I was saying there's no way we should be running around here worried about what we, what's going on in our lives. And I'm saying we, we should not be overwhelmed with what's happening in our lives because we have the spirit of God in us. And God desires that we prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. So we should be prospering in the things of this world, not more so much in the things of God, but of this world because we have God in us. And because he given us dominion over the fishes in the air and, and the world and the land and you know what he gave Adam we still got that we still got that 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 authority in Jesus name because Jesus came and redeemed us back 
put us in our place. So we have dominion over it again. Adam fell, but Jesus came and restored. So now we have it. That's why when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Yeshua. We pray in his name because there's power in his name. Oh, God. Shabbat. Dig. Mm. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Where am I? Whew. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual, with spirit taught words. Spirit taught words or spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Okay, I guess if you look at um, King James probably says that in that tense. So the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolish, okay? And cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The spirit with the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So when they say about, oh, um, what they say now? Don't judge me. How they say that phrase? You can't. Don't judge me. Only, only God can judge me. How, what's what's that phrase they use now? <sighs> About judging. I don't know if there's a newer phrase or not, but I've heard uh, you know people say like you said, only God can judge me. Or right, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct them. But we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that awesome? We have the mind of Christ. Just, just let's just marinate. Just think about that. Just think about that. We have the mind of Christ. And it's revealed to us through his Holy Spirit. So being that we have the mind of Christ, we should walk, talk, act, carry ourselves the same way. Remember, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have it. We, it's, it's telling us right here. We have the mind of Christ. So our thoughts should be Christ-minded. Our actions, everything that we do should be considering. 1 Corinthians uh -oh. Uh -oh. chapter 3. All right, he's talking. I'm sorry. Wait a minute, hold on. 
Brothers and sisters, <laughs> I cannot address you as people who live by. Okay. So, um, so we have the mind of Christ. So we, our thoughts, our thoughts should line up with, with that of God's. Our actions, everything. Everything should line up with the, with the, with the, with the mind of God. Christ-mindedness. Kingdom-mindedness. Which goes back to God's love. How we should treat one another. How should we, we should, uh, you know, esteem the others higher than we do ourselves. Give them that respect. Doesn't matter whether you are you know, I mean, you know, we give people of of of, of uh, royalty or leadership. Um, you know, the judge come in the courtroom, we stand up. You know, we give people due respect, but we should show a a a, a level of respect for everybody. We should show respect and love for everybody. Doesn't matter whether you have a title or not. I'm done. Anybody got any questions? Comment? No question for me. Mm -mm. No, this is good. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. But but that but that 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 right there about the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That that right there is like really that'll preach. That's that's some that's some serious. It's to me it's thought provoking. It's it's making me sit here and just think about having the mind of Christ because of the spirit of God that's in us. And it's so profound that he said that about, you know, about having the spirit. We know our human spirit, who knows the thoughts, you know, where is it? Where is it at? It's a uh, first num verse number eleven. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God, and because the spirit of God knows the thoughts of God, and and the spirit of God is within us. It shares with us. It tells us. It reveals to us the thoughts in the mind of Christ. We have to allow the spirit to take control. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Because that's one thing to be filled with the spirit. But it's another thing to be led by the spirit. You got the Holy Ghost, but is you, but are you, but is you letting, <laughs> is you letting, but are you letting the Holy Spirit lead you into all truths? 
Are we letting the flesh rule or are we letting the spirit rule in our bodies? That's the question. Amen. 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 So anyone has any comments or anything they want to add to or share? Nope. Okay. Well, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, God, for your word, for it is alive. It is the living word. It is manna. It is our daily bread. Father, we thank you for feeding us on tonight. We thank you, Father, for opening our eyes and going even deeper in your scriptures. God, I pray that this word, that this lesson that was taught on tonight, that it would just continue to resonate within us, that it will work in us, that it will settle in us, that it be rooted and grounded in us, that we'll get the understanding and the full revelation of your spirit, how it operates, how it lives, how it moves, how it shares your thoughts. God, we thank you. It reveals your thoughts to us. And God, we thank you. We thank you for just uh, being in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, for, for just saving us. We thank you, Lord God, for delivering us and healing us, Father. We pray in your precious name and you will continue to lead us and guide us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Have your way in our lives. Lead us, guide us into all truth. We submit unto you, Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you so much for sending your son. And we thank you so much for sending the comforter to stay, to move and to live within us in his stead. God, we honor you on tonight and we give you all praise, all glory. Father, we pray that on tonight we get good sleep, that we get good rest. Father, we come against the spirit of insomnia. Father, if it's your desire to wake us up, Father, speak to us. Hallelujah. If your desire to wake us up, let us communicate in prayer. And Father, I thank you that when we wake up tomorrow morning, we'll be refreshed and renewed. There will be no tiredness, Father, in the name of Jesus, that our minds will be crisp and clear and that our, our faculties will be intact. And God, we will forever give your name, the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.